god. I mean, that sounded like a, um, what's it? What's it, like you know, like one of those like Sunday preacher men. Oh yeah. Where, like you're gonna go to hell. Yeah, he. And you're he, like okay. You know, he occasionally gets like that, but he this week it's because he's losing his business and the ministry of truth is real. Oh yeah. My man oh. is straight losing his shit. The last week over there has been a little crazy, and I'm not naming the name because I'm not going to talk about it, and we're going to fade in over this, and our listeners will Mm. never know. And if they're really lucky and they want to know, I will text it to them, and they will find out. But you have to... They'll they'll see you in certain apparel. Yeah, exactly. If you see me in certain apparel, and you want to be in the know, you can send me a little text on the side. I'm actually promoting the listeners contacting me. Not me. I, I have information. Not me. You Let can me contact Will about it too, because I'm going to text it to him just to make sure he no, has it on his phone. No, no, no. Just in case the Biden administration wants to come down and fire us for truth. What? <laughs> how, 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 how anyway, we, we're not going to start this way. I how promise would we be myself. Fired? <laughs> we're fired for truth. This podcast is fired. We're canceled. I mean, who's this? Who's HR? I don't know. Do we get severance? Is Natalie our HR department? She can keep us in check. Have we gone too far? Oh, boy. Let us know. <laughs> well, sound off in the comments if we've gone too far. No one even that knows what we're talking about. That ship has sailed. Um, it's the Met Gala. First Monday in May. Right now. Yep. I didn't realize. I feel like the Met Gala happens four times a year. I always feel like the Met Gala is no, going on. No. Well, the past two, like the past year, it was in September. Oh, that's Cause why. Because Covidino. Yeah. So it was a little late moment because it was gone for a year. And then, you know, everyone was like, woo, we get to smoke in the Met bathrooms. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's novel. Um, but this is the first official first Monday in May back. I see. Right. Okay. Does yeah, it mean so anything? Why, no. It's like America again or something. I don't fucking know. Today's also Ron's birthday. Shout out to Ron. And while I was on my hour long phone call with him, mm-hmm. I was looking at photos live from the Met Gala because oh. the New York Times is updating by the minute everyone's outfits who cares and the theme this year is like american anthology which just means nothing it's just generic i mean how many flag outfits were there three zero really i didn't see any no one went for the easy one no who went puritan and did the like black with the white like kind of looking like a french maid kind of a lot of people did some version of that Uh, a lot of people did like 60s inspired like there was a lot of like bond girl looks from the hose and then from the matronly women there was like sort of jackie o type shit that's not american style that's isn't that like british mod shit it's chanel it's fucking french French. like it's not and even like the the swirlies were poochie so that's italian like that doesn't work. None of that makes sense unless you do the you know the white go go boots. That's the most American thing because we're like, let's make this nice thing and make it trash. Also, you have to keep in mind that I might be misrepresenting this because I know nothing about fashion and even less about women. Okay. So, well. the you know what I'm ad- what I'm identifying here is probably not true. Should- let, let me confirm. Hold on. Let's see what we got here. Hmm. Page six updating. That's always a good one. Whoa, these are bad. Okay. Um, <sighs> why is the Lil- Lily Allen still a thing? She had that like one song like ten years ago. Now she's still a thing. Uh, Dakota Johnson looks crazy. Oh, why don't why don't we watch this video right here? You guys look amazing. Let's talk about the look. I'm wearing my buddy Paul Taswell, uh, who was nominated for an Oscar this year for West Side Story. Costume designer, correct? Yeah, yeah did Hamilton and in the Heights. So uh, cool. I called. I called my. Was that Lynn? It's your first met. Flynn. What do you think's going on in there? Okay. Be honest. We really don't know what to expect. Okay. Um, but I, I really jumped into the deep end by deciding to co-chair for my very first Met Gala. We haven't thought this much about our clothes since our wedding. <laughs> How much money did he... Co-chairing the Met Gala is so much fucking money. It does? The Met needs money? (laughs) When? Where? How? Who? Huh? Thanks, Vogue. Thanks for that. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, I can't... I mean, everybody looks bad. Yeah, I know. Gotta say. Isn't that always the case, though? I mean, honestly, though, this is the hottest couple in the entire world. Joshua Jackson and uh, Jody Turner-Smith. Who the fuck are they? I've never heard of any of these people. Who's Joshua Jackson? I don't want to wait for our lives. To- He's Pacey. What? All grown up. 
I don't want to wait. I thought that was by a, like a female musician. Yeah, but it's uh, he was on Dawson's Creek. He uh, was Pacey. Oh my God, I I'm sorry. Pacey all grown up. This is all <laughs> lost on me right now. <laughs> I'm sorry that I wasn't a uh, closeted youth in the early 2000s without cable. I had cable in my youth. <laughs> thank you so much. But y- yet you were watching the CW. It was the WB <laughs> then. It had it had a little bit more. Yeah, you know, Michigan panache. J. Frog was out there prancing around. Ooh, that's blackface if I've ever seen it. Greenface? Well, you know what? That is true. That it's is straight out of a minstrel it's show. It's very, that's yeah, it's not good. Ooh, sorry. Shouldn't have brought that up. Yeah, it's Problem not great. Ooh, we're going to get, you know, that militant theater kid is going to come and break down our door. The head of the Ministry of Truthiness. Oh, that's right. So I'm assuming you saw the video also. What video? Of her singing about COVID. Excuse me. She's literally a theater kid, the Ministry of Truth person. Anyone who likes rules is obviously a theater kid. That's never true. was a what never was a lead, always a chorus. But always was on time and rehearsed just in case she could get an understudy. Um and was secretly plotting to throw like the lead who didn't really try that hard but just like had the pipes. Hmm. Yeah. I've never thought about the politics of being a theater kid, but I'm sure it is a lot of like fucking insufferable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The theater kids in my school, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, they were all getting laid. Yeah, they're weird. The theater wing was a dark place. Yeah, they're creepy. You know what? And you're right. They all end up in positions of power. This is where like Eyes Wide Shut style rituals come from. It's the theater kids. They're doing that. I mean... They're starting that at a young age. They love the attention. Yeah, it's true. It's not good. We can't give them more power. That's true. We can't. This is a, this is a really good heuristic. If you were ever in theater, or if you appreciate the theater... Theater? Yeah. You're, you're the first ones going to the chopping block. Okay. In the new world, in the new world, who's gonna find Lin Manuel and be like, "You did this"? I mean, he did do this. Uh, in large part, he did. I feel like maybe it might be closer. He got liber- liberals riled up about early American history. Oh yeah, I mean, you don't you have the soundtrack to? Oh Hamilton? yeah, I have it. I have it. Well. I listen. I will not defend uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's uh, political value, but at the end of the day, Hamilton's a good piece of media. You don't have to agree with something's politics to like it. I have to be consistent on this. Mm. You know, it's very cringy. Yeah, but it's good for it's good by its own standards, hmm. and that standard is hip hop theater. So if that gives you any idea of so its is ultimate stomp, worth, is Stomp also? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Blue Man Group, sure. What? Yeah, the, you know, I'm look, s- they're talking about theater, not Vegas shows. Yeah, but those all started out in New York. You know? Yeah, the Stomp Theater still exists. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do things there. You're like no. What I'm saying is, look, they make art that has its own aspirations, and sometimes it meets them, but we can't let them be in charge. That's I fine. would let the Blue Man Group be in charge. Say nothing, just do stuff, mm-hmm. and just be like, eh, "This is what we're doing." And you're like, "Okay." <laughs> they're, they're Can running. you give us reason reasons why this change in policy? Just shaking their heads. Yeah, I mean, at this point, all of our politicians might as well be doing that. I mean, well, you know, you see, Nancy Pelosi went over there. She went over. Who to put the, her on a plane? She went over to the Ukraine. She had a little surprise meeting. It's fun. We wear a blue pantsuit. We go to an active war zone. And yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? She's a 900-year-old lady. She should not be in an active war zone. Like, what if it's just like, ah? I mean, dude, it's absolutely psychotic. Because an hour after she had that meeting with Zelensky, the Russians fired a bunch of missiles at that exact same place that they were at. Oh, I'm sure. Just to send a message, you know. Like, they hey. know they're not going to hit her, but it's like a big fuck you. I mean, well, what what are these fucking psychopaths doing? I don't know. The escalation is out of hand. I'm back to doom and gloom about a, a oh lot boy. of things. You okay. know, that's why I had to start the show off with our unnamed gentleman, the tr- the real minister of truth. <sighs> I, I'm just so tired. <laughs> but hey, man, you know, I'm I'm trying to follow my own rule, which is you can't you can you can get the dark psychic forces. They start to come, but you got to be. This is why I asked you yesterday. Like, did you? Did you get a chance to touch grass? You didn't touch grass today. No, okay. I did. I did touch grass. I told you I touched grass. I went and rode in the park. I got exercise. I was feeling great, but I was That's just... That's not touching grass. You got you to gotta ground. You got to, you know, you actually have to, you know... Hmm. You don't touch grass. How dare you throw that accusation at me? I bet you don't even remember the last time you touched grass. Um, See? Yeah. All I'm saying is, dude, I feel good. I feel good. Nobody panic. <laughs> but we're a little bit manic. And we're connecting some red string, okay? But we're having fun with it. <sighs> That's not a good thing either. You know, if you have too much fun with it, woo! I know. It's always a... Sl- you know what? But that's what life is. It's always a slippery slope. 
you're always you know you're always a millimeter away from a psychotic break no and you just ride that's just deeply untrue you just ride that wave man it's a good feeling it feels good to be in this state when you're like you know what everything's fucked but uh it's my dad's birthday we're drinking some wine we're podcasting late all good vibes right now in this moment i am present the artist is present Oh boy! Do you just want to stare at each other for about forty-five minutes and see what happens? Oh, we yeah, we sh- we could do a combination, uh, Marina Abramovic style performance and uh, John Cage four one one or whatever four thirty three. Yeah, four thirty three. The podcast. I'd rather occasionally not. you just hear y- your heavy nasal breathing, like a mutilated dog. Listen, <laughs> my lung capacity has been greatly increasing lately, so I don't want to hear it. Thank you so much. Is that true? Do you really experience that in I your everyday know. life? I mean, I don't know what that would feel like, quite frankly. I don't know. I mean, I sound crazy, probably, but my headphones are in, so I don't know what I sound like dying on treadmill. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you, you try to control your breathing while you're on the treadmill, right? In through the nose, out through the mouth. Mm. That's kind of the general rule. You don't want to be like, <sighs> if you're breathing through your mouth like that, you're about to hyperventilate. You got to keep it. Oh, contr- I don't do that. You got to no. keep it controlled. My mouth stays closed. Thank you so much. Hmm. Until I do the cool down. I'm like, <sighs> stays closed <sighs> till we get in the locker room. Doesn't it, folks? Wow. I don't even know where it is <laughs> over there. So, you know, you don't even go in the locker room. No. Why are you afraid of it? A little. Yeah. I've never been in one. I can't believe you. So you, you have to get dressed before you go. Well, that's just, we're saving time here on this day. I, I sort of get that. But then you don't, you could like shower there and stuff, you know. You have to bring a towel. Oh, that sucks. I'm not doing that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Also, yeah, Brooklyn P fit. I don't know if that's, Whoop! I don't know if that's where I want That's not really my scene. You're going to need prison sandals. Yeah. That, you know. That's I a, mean, I think you would probably need them anywhere. Yeah. But that's, that's especially a fungal infection waiting to happen. I really don't trust that. I mean, there, you know, sun, was it Sunday? What day is today? Today's Monday? Yeah. Yeah, yesterday it was, um, you know, Chosen People's Night at, at the gym. And I was very confused. What do it mean? The East Williamsburg oh, Hossets were out I pumping iron. Do they have gym clothes on? No. I didn't think so. That's the why. I yeah. was like... What is happening? Why is this man in? Oh, oh, okay. I understand now. I, I I get it. But also, like, it's kind of schlubby. So I'm like, are you really like doing everything? Like, what are we doing here? I ask this because yesterday I was riding laps in Prospect Park, and this is a common thing. I've noticed this before, but it stuck out to me for the umpteenth time. Yeah, there are Hasids there that ride their bikes and do laps in the same sense that I do, but they're just fully, they're just fully in the guard. They're kitted out. Yeah. And do you remember that story about how Bono used to dress up as a Hasid and ride his bike in Central Park? So we that shouldn't say the, os- the the H word that way. Why? That's what? kind of a slur. What? I think it is. What are you talking about? Isn't it supposed to be Hasidic? Hasidic, but you, but they're Hasids. I mean, no, they, I, I think it. they would call themselves that. I don't think that's a slur. Is it? I don't know. It's it sounds it dude, sounds it's slurry. Not a, it's not a slur. <laughs> it sounds a little bad. It's Anywho, not. oh yeah, he he did full like you know. Uh, Who's that? What was that one rapper? Oh, Modest Yahoo. Yeah, he was yeah. pulling the full the full kit. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I remember reading that story because I think that was before I lived in New York. Like, that I think that like happened. Like, he got something. in like some kind of accident while he was dressed like that, and it was <laughs> his spot. Um, but I was always like, "What the fuck? Like, why the fuck would you do that? <sighs> Wouldn't that be more conspicuous?" And no. it turns out it's not. Like, it's that's, really not. You, they they exercise like that. And I was trying to tell you about the prison guys too. I've seen the Denim Boys. You've seen them like, now, yeah. But they're just like normal dudes who are like kind of schlubby and i'm like why are you here i'm confused yeah i don't know some people just hey they just prefer to wear their street clothes I it's guess. so weird i'm but, like but it's so weird because it's like aren't you ruining your street clothes like getting them all sweaty like that it's gross yeah i soak every garment that i wear that's what i'm saying i know it is disgusting and i learned my lesson very quickly after i was like oh, i'll just hang them to dry and then i like returned to the bathroom and was like oh Oh, oh no no! It oh boy! It stinks. Yeah, no. I, you got to get a rotation going. You got to have three I do. sets, and then you just sort of. Rotate. Well, I just have like endless socks. the The running shorts get washed every time, so if I don't, I don't know. They're the same, so I don't know if I grab the wrong one. At least it's clean. Thank you, Doctor Bronner. Yeah. Um, and then you know, 
we're good. That's fine. I mean, a t-shirt I, just hangs dry and then gets washed. The shirt is the thing you really got to watch out for. I think you can stretch how often you wear the shorts. Yeah. But but the shirt is just that's it's done. That's one and done. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. but so when you're a hostage there and you got the like fucking scarf a button thing down. on and a button down, you're you're wearing wool. No, oh, poly blind. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess it must. In all seriousness, without making fun of them, it's like it must deeply just, uncomfortable. It's got to be deeply uncomfortable, but it's also got to be just an article of faith. Like you're just not allowed to dress any other way. I mean, what did people in like the 1900s do? They kind of didn't have workout gear, you know? Their yeah, version of workout like, gear was still, like, a full suit. No, they would wear, like, a tank top. Like, box. you know, if you think of boxing things, you nah, know, boxing but that was, attire. like, underground boxing, you know, like, stag at Sharky's. Like, that was not high class. That's not how, like, Teddy Roosevelt worked out. He didn't throw on a fucking Teddy tank Roosevelt top. rolled out in some, like, underpants and just boxed, you know, shirtless, like Maybe. a heathen. He was just wrestling bears or whatever he was doing. He might have been just full ass naked at that point. That's the, like, you know what? That's the other thing too. People used to just be more comfortable with, hey, maybe we're just not during Victorian times. No, but maybe like before that, people were just like, I'm going for a run, and I'm in the buck. You I know? don't think that's how that worked. It's deep. It would be deeply uncomfortable to be like, I'm going to go for a naked run. I mean, that amount of flappage. Oof. For both genders is just a disaster. Disaster zone. Yeah. Bruises. But I don't know. The Greeks used to do it at the Olympics. No, they probably... No, they were nude at the Olympics, man. Mm. All the sports were nude. I don't know. It was all nude sports. I'm sure there was like a little tie-up moment. What do you mean tie-up moment? You can like make a... One piece of fabric can turn into a little like faux jockstrap. Oh, really? Just like string up the butt and then just a little pouch just so you know. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Perhaps. But that's not how it's portrayed in the art, so... Well, because the arts are a little... A little fey. They want to... They want to be looking. I mean, it's about the purity of form. Sure. And well, you know, you and know, they also idealized smaller units back in those days, so maybe it wasn't so much of a problem. If you if you have a tiny... Well, the smaller units were to... In depiction was to not take away from the, the form. I understand that, but that must have manifested in the culture as selective breeding uh, to some degree. Mm. I think mean, they would have tried to attain that. Have you seen the drawings on the side of those pots? Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Some Big of, honking some horns. Some of those hogs yeah. are giant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's mm, 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 mm. It, because it's it was uh, you know un you know uh, what's it called uncouth to have you know a prodigious uh, thing flopping around you know in its erect form because that was subhuman. You were more animal like the pan. Is pan the guy? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, you'd be more animal than human in that in that state. Hmm. We're getting into dark territory where if you extrapolate from there, it has bad implications. Beast with two backs. I don't know. You do the math. Hmm. Um, anyway, so we've talked about hogs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, Jewish gym wear. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was very confusing. I was like, what is going on? I am confused. Um, well, at least you know that your breathing is the least of anybody's worries. You know what I mean? I think if, so. If there's, yeah. if there's a Hasidic guy over there and there's a prison guy in his jeans and Tim's and yeah. you're just breathing heavy, no one's worried about no it. One's, no one's looking. It's great. That's the lesson you learn oh, at, yeah. at workout things is like everybody's just – there's a lot of weirdos there already doing a lot, running a lot of cover for the normals. And yeah. then the people that are good at working out, they're not paying attention to anybody else. I know. They they're, don't have enough time in their day. The weirdos are just like we're doing stuff. I always feel bad though like – if people are like using the like thirty minute quickie area as like a, we're gonna use this as our like mat and like do like lifts and stuff. I'm like, you need to, you're in my way. No, I know that's a that's incredibly rude. That area is designated for basically hit activities, right? And you should leave it so that the people that want to do that can do that. But it, of course, because no one has manners, you know, declining standards everywhere. Right. People come in there and they just take it over. I remember one time I was at the P Fit in Ohio, and a guy who was not affiliated with Planet Fitness, who was some, like, freelance trainer, he brought a class of people in. No. Like, five or six people, and he decided that class was being run today in the 30-minute workout zone. No. So he took all the little, like, ladders and all the uh, not ladders, like, step things and yeah. mats, and he, was, he just took them all and was like, we're doing class right in the middle of this, so I'm going around doing all the machines. And normally I go in between and do cardio, and I can't even do it because these assholes are in here, like, 
doing like practically water aerobics. It was like a bunch it's of grandmas like a Zumba class, and like yeah. a fit guy grifting them. Uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. No. And the P-Fit people, they don't get paid enough to care. Paid and I'm not going to go complain to them, but like, come on, you know? I mean, yeah. Can I, you imagine that? You're, you're you're literally scamming elderly people. Well. And you use the Planet Fitness to do it at? Yeah. That means they all those people had to buy a membership to Planet Fitness, too. Now they you might, fucked them uh, twice. Yeah. Well, they're only paying 10 bucks a month, you know? I guess. Um, No, but like when people are like, we're doing the one thing, I'm like, you are fully in my way. But I, I'm not, I'm like trying to do it and just get it done. And I'd like have to like, it's always like ladies. So I always have to be like, ladies, hi, pinky up. I'm, I don't care. I'm not looking at you. I'm just trying not to die. Just so you know, just so we're all on the same page. I just don't want to die. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm staring at the like tiny white woman on the treadmill is that her incline is at a 17 and i'm like what are you doing speed walking i'm like there are faster ways you are wasting your goddamn time what are you doing she's like my bones they're hollow i'll break i'm like what are you doing i I mean can i ask a question yeah was she hot she was tiny she was teeny tiny stick thin woman stick thin like good looking or stick thin like anorexic you're asking someone who doesn't know how to evaluate that. She was she was white woman. Come on, man. You can evaluate that. Did she, did she look like she came out of a camp or did she look a healthy weight? A healthy weight. Okay. If she was hot and fit-ish and thin and small and she's just walking on the treadmill, she's just there to be seen. At a crazy incline, though, that's like this? Like at a 45-degree angle? I, I mean, was like, who knows? <gasps> or you know what? People she's could be re- recovering from an injury or something. But my speculation would be she's either doing her cool down or something in a weird way. Or she's just she's just waiting for someone to come and talk to her. No one's wait at a plane of fitness. No one is waiting for anyone to talk to you. You know what? You're right. Think point, of, point rescinded. I forgot it. Think it was a of Planet where fitness. we are. We're not at an equinox. If here. it was an equinox, yeah. I'd be like, she is cleaning up in here. Okay, sure. Yeah. But no, not not there. That is not the zone, um, at all. Um, that's true that's just a weirdo doing something weird yeah i was like you're doing a weird thing ma'am i could have sworn that some people went to planet fitness just to watch the tvs because there was a lot of people that i would see there on a regular basis that would just walk on the treadmill people love walking and just watching like battle bots and i was like do you not have this at home is that what this is about i always want to figure out a way to turn off the tvs i know they should let you do that i want a way to just stare at and what i learned Stare into the distance at the reflection in the glass of the window so I can see the the bouncing up and down to make sure my timing is good. That makes sense. I so mean, then you just zen out from there and you're like, okay. That's why they have the mirrors for the weightlifters and stuff. You do need to pay attention to your form. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I always want to shut screens off. I think about this on airplanes all the time. Because if I'm just in podcast mode on a flight where I'm like not interested in the in-flight entertainment, which also, by the way, now, I have not been on a flight with in-flight entertainment in so long. Now that, now that everybody uses AirPods, I don't, I can't do the in-flight entertainment because I'm not going to ask for a fucking pair of weird airline headphones. Right. So fuck it. But I want the screen to. You can turn the screens off on airplanes. Yeah. But I want it to like not be there. I don't want the little thing to come up when the Fly pilot spirit. has something to say. Yeah. I don't want to watch the fucking safety video. I want. I think I'm going to start bringing like a black piece of construction paper <laughs> and taping it over the back of the seat. I mean, that's like the vibe. The vibe I want is that that I don't. I don't want this interruption. I mean, you've seen me get into yellow cabs. What do I do? As soon as humanly possible, I'm slapping the power off button oh, yeah. on the the ride TV. Well, and now they have the video ads on the subway. Which are the most annoying thing early what? in the morning. Yeah, you haven't been on a subway with uh, the light-up ads now? Where? They're on not the quite videos, but they're like GIFs. On the inside? Yeah. On of the trains? inside of the train car, yeah. <gasps> they're starting... Uh, they're, no. This is probably an Eric Adams thing. That they is, can't run on time, but we can have ads? Exactly, yeah. We can install flat screens. Oh, I wasn't even going to get into the indignity of my taxpayer dollars going towards better ads rather than better service, but yes... It's just it's just a way to charge more for ad space so they can get more revenue. Whatever, but the subway's already such a like like cacophonous place that the last thing I need is like flashing Grubhub ads no. giving me a seizure, you know, behind the homeless guy that's smoking a cigarette. Like right. it's just insane now. It's I I, I don't know. Another element of our dist- our minor dystopia, <sighs> you know. 
It just gives you Blade Runner vibes too, where you're like, okay, come on, come on. And not I, everything needs to be an ad. Yeah, yeah I know. No, I uh, uh, Christie's or Sotheby's is projecting a a, a a Warhol Maryland for an entire week on the side of a building. Why? For an auction or something? Is it an NFT or something? I don't fucking know. But I'm like, that's trashy. Why would you? These are. It's like Rockefeller Center. Can you turn that shit off? It's already bright. What are you doing? Hmm. Dumb. Stupid. Terrible. I don't know. It's a crowd pleaser for the normals that like Andy Warhol. I don't know. I don't understand But it. it's not a flat surface, so it just looks... It's windowed and stupid, right. so you're like... Uh, what? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, ooh, uh, mm, I'm not... Mm, I don't know. The last subway that I took was an R train. That was special form of hell hmm what why i had to go to i had to pick up when i had to pick up a burner phone oh i see yeah i didn't want to drive mm-hmm. should have just drove but yeah that i mean it's an under it looks like if the j was underground where it's like or it looked like yeah, the g I, rather i mean i used to like riding this trains in southern brooklyn for the same reason that i appreciate being on the jm line because it, for long stretches they're outside which is a much superior experience to being underground oh no the r is fully underground but there's but it comes out right no i feel like farther south in brooklyn it does uh maybe if in you're going Sunset Park, yeah also by the way that was the that was the line of the shooter i can't believe All you right. were bold enough to get on an r train in queens yeah i don't oh, really you were in queens yeah, yeah. Mm. i don't really give a fuck what, what, is a teenager going to be well, like? Well, it's not a problem if some kind of crime happens in Queens. Spider Man will save you, so there's really no nothing to worry about. I don't know about that, um, because I'm pretty sure, like, I I wouldn't trust any teenager to be like, I have secret powers and I'm going to use them for good in Elmhurst. That's true. Teenagers have secret powers and they use it to be TikTok influencers. <sighs> The secret power of twerking. Is that the, is that the title of that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the title of this app is, but we're about halfway done. <laughs> we got to get our act together here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. My my brain is a little melty. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, what, uh, I mean, we could talk about the like that that fun little article from yesterday. Um. Oh yeah, we could talk about that. Sure. Um. I don't know what it, there is to say about it other than. Everyone should read um, this. What was it? A sump story? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right now. So it was that we have something that Roberta Smith of all people um, tweeted on the twitter.com. Um, so the title of the article is Jocko Homo. I'm not really sure why. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, subtitle: We are pinheads now. We are not whole. And it's by a woman named Christina Reese, who I know nothing about. So I don't endorse this Substack generally. I get the vibe that it's probably insufferable otherwise. But this article was pretty good. Um, I reposted it last night on my Instagram stories uh, and and used my tag, which was gentle deprogramming for those who need it. Oh boy! Which I feel like is exactly what it is. Well, it's it's an it's a basically it's an anti woke article written from the perspective of a liberal. In a tone, centrist liberal, yes, yeah, that I think will get through to a lot of people. Because, in general, if you're someone that's never been woke, like you or I, what? You know, I mean, I fucking, I never, I've never, I've this, this kind, I, identity politics and the grievance and the cancel culture has bothered me since oh, its inception. Yeah, I don't. Really You've care. known me for long enough to know that. I won't l- lump you into that. Yeah. You don't. Ju- you just don't care. I just. Don't but care. I would consider you not a woke person in that sense too. You're oh. not going around like telling people you can't say this or that or blah blah blah. Most people are not woke people. That's, I guess, kind of. You know true. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not trying to tag it as like you're a certain you're a certain category. It's just most people don't give a shit about this stuff, and the ones of us that get angry are not very good ambassadors no. for talking <laughs> people off the ledge because we tend to get fucking heated about it. You're also on the and, ledge all the time, so how w- you don't have those skills and abilities, right? So back to the article. It's a it's an interesting article because it's critical of identity politics and it's critical of cancel culture. Well, let's just let's back from up a, fr- from wait, let me finish. From from a perspective of a person that is just kind of now having this realization and is written in a tone that is um conciliatory and a little alarmist. 
a little, which you know, it, it, the the apparently, according to the the writer, this realization happened. It's a Gen X writer, right? Right. In Texas, so you got to you know picture it. Texas, two thousand two, some university with an art history program where old people go or middle aged people go. Um, two thousand twenty two. What did I say? Two thousand two. I don't know. Important distinction because this never could have happened in two thousand two. If only, it, if only it did. Yeah. Not after nine eleven. Anyway, um, this person has this realization talking about theory in an art history class, and my favorite aside was surrounded by a cadre of young women because in art history it's always young women. I was like, you know, she's not wrong. Oof, astute observation, ma'am. Good job. Like I felt a little bad, and then it's just like, and of course the old man professor i was like yes i mean it all tracks I mean, it, the, i'm like i'm like i'm like okay this picture is very fully painted i've been in that room before like you know you ever do a, a art history at a case western reserve i never did that but i'm familiar with the with the scene yeah it was me a french kid and ladies on a wednesday night and i was like this is wild <laughs> yeah uh, that sounds like the setup for a bad joke. A French, a gay, and a bunch of women walk into an art history class. <laughs> Let me tell you, some ideas were bad. Um, yeah, it, it is a bad joke. Finish your train of thought, though. So Where she was paints, I going? She paints, this she paints scene. That, that whole scene, and you're like, oh, everything about this is accurate. Like You can kind of ease into it like it's easy chair alarmism, and then she has the realization, like, talking about theory is all well and good because it is fun, but like... You're in Texas. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like, the little bubble that you're in where everyone is, you know, polite and uses all the correct vocabulary of of the regime of the center, center-ish left. Yeah. Left-ish center, which is just the center. Um, doesn't mean shit when there's other people in Texas literally going like, no abortion, we have more guns than you, fuck you, you're outnumbered. You know, she has this little panic attack publicly, you know, and throws a hissy, but then the rest of the article is actually s- fleshing out the conditions of being why, uh, you know, being a wokey doke is not the is not the move. Yeah, I I mean it. Ba- it basically boils down in this writer's estimation to like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the principles that like wokeism is based on is a lot of heavy-handed post-structuralist philosophy that nobody's actually read. Right. And people invoke names like Foucault uh, as justification for things that they simply believe. Like, it's a convenient justification, but no one bothers to deal with the primary sources. It's like Christians who've never read the Bible in a lot of cases. Which is most of them. Which is almost all of them, yeah. Right. And, and you know, if you actually go and read Foucault, he's, like, very critical of identity politics as, like, a weapon of authority and this centralized control he was trying to avoid, you know? His whole thing is, why do we like, we, we should not like centralized control of anything. Why are we, why do we love, why do we love that? Why do we kind of crave that? Well, it's that, you know, as I understand his critique, it's that all of these, um, apparatuses of power uh, tend to find clandestine ways into the culture to reinforce their hegemony, right? Mm. And so if you're doing something like identity politics, which is obviously divisive on every level, from the strategy of politics to interacting with other people, you know, basically kind of scolding everyone all the time for minor transgressions, what do you think you're doing but reinforcing dominant structures? Right. There's no possible way you can solve problems if you can't talk about them. Well, you you also don't need, like you know a fascist regime because you have tiny dictators everywhere yeah exactly i mean exactly you're you're surveilling all of your fellow citizens on behalf of somebody else whether you know it or not in a position that you don't you've never thought of and never actually taken the time to be a true believer in in the classical sense exactly right um and i think you know that's the part that that's the part that gets me because i'm always like what because i saw a thing today and this is maybe this is going to make me an asshole but like it was it was a fundraiser for it was a hundred thousand dollar goal fundraiser for a queer trans disabled herbalist for a hundred thousand dollars and i was like i need a hundred thousand dollars i'm no I, i'm not asking anyone to buy me a farm can i buy a farm can i i, I, mean, I don't really want one but like it's a little crazy to be like it's a you know when you're like mm, if I hit this 
trio of buzzwords, people will have the guilt factor authenticated. Yeah, yeah. And then I have access to wallet, you know, Um, which, you know. Well, I think I think I think for the average person, all of this uh, is so transparent that it's clownish. But for the true believers in this, like, I don't think they I don't think they see it as the uh, artificial exploitative thing that it actually is. Because all they're really doing is saying, if, if I assemble enough marginalized identity categories, I have enough social clout to basically make demands. Pity points. And no one can tell me not to do that. Well... And, and it, from a purely like self-interested perspective, that makes a lot of sense. This is the same thing that right-wing libertarians do right. when it comes to free market dynamics. They're like, well, I inherited a bunch of money and I started businesses with it and like I racked up enough individual categories, individualism right. points to win in this structure, so I deserve it. And right. you know, w- what the what the identity crowd does is the same thing but with social cloud. And it's even lazier, though, because they don't do anything productive with it. They just simply demand, hey, Venmo me. Well, and my my thing is, like, if you're just in a constant state of accumulation, like, I get it. Your life is probably difficult, right? Like, I accept that. But uh, life is pain. Life is suffering. And you are no different from anyone else at all. So right. why why do you get to be like i can graphic design my way into you know for one dollar a day you can sponsor a child like is sarah mclaughlin playing a a song over your like gofundme like what i'd rather pay someone's like medical bills or something exactly something materially significant that would actually to get someone out of debt yeah circumstances um you know yeah Um, like unless it was like literally like this is a seed fund like pay me and I'll pay you dividends. Like, that makes sense. Sure. Instead of just saying, like, I want startup money in bulk in a sum that is crazy to me. Right. Like, an herbalist with a $100,000 investment, like, what are you doing with that money? That is so much fucking money. I mean, yeah. That's mostly land. You're just buying land. Well, and look, like, you know, the thing is, you can ask for that, but no one would, no one would give money to an honest person that was like, hey, I'm an herbalist. I don't want to have a real job and pursue this as a hobby. I just want to do this full time. Here's how much money I I need. Without all of the uh, culture points, no one would ever give you a dime. You need to pursue that on your own. You could do the the like, um, what's it called? Um, What are the sharks? The investment sharks, like Mark Cuban. What are they called? Shark Tank. Oh, well, you could shark tank it. And again, that's finding investment in a company. Exactly. Instead of going, I want to guilt a shitload of money out of equally economically disenfranchised people. Well, right. And part of the reason that all of this bothers me so much is that I think people would say we can't go to these institutions because they are fundamentally corrupt. In their eyes, they're fundamentally racist, they're fundamentally transphobic, they're fundamentally all these things. In reality, under neoliberalism, that is not true. If you have a good idea that can make people money, nobody cares what race you are. They care, some to some degree, what class you are, well, because you might give people the wrong ideas about the dominant powers. But they don't, they don't care at all about your identity categories. The thing that bugs me is that this same critique that institutions are corrupt is like a real and valid thing, but you're undermining it every time that you say that they're corrupt because they are doing X and Y to a marginalized group. Right. That's not why they're corrupt. They're corrupt because they're stealing people's money and they're mismanaging the global economy, you know? Right. But the individual horticulture grant that you're applying for is contributing only in a very minor way to that problem. You're not taking on fucking like nature's best or whatever fucking like herbal su- supplement no. like it's not you're not going fuck herbalite i'm starting my own mlm you know like right. but you kind of are but through your selfish cynicism kinda. you're under you're undermining legitimate con- critiques right of dominant powers because you're care. watering it down like even even something like marxism has been you know marxists do enough on their own to just obliterate their credibility well. but the the idea that like Black Lives Matter activists identify themselves as like Marxist uh, 
Marxist Leninists, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Identify themselves as like that. MLs. It 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 under it undermines people that are sincere in that belief because now a bunch of uh culture war stuff is getting applicated onto an economic theory. And once again, it's another case of like, if you read Marx and Engels, they're pretty explicit in Lenin even. They're all very explicit that you cannot allow this to happen, that it's always toxic to actual like uh, actionable movements because it it creates like a a snake eating its own tail. Well, you're going to cause divisions within the ranks. And if you want, you know, a true proletariat revolution, you can't have factions. And whether you want a proletariat revolution or not, because I wouldn't consider myself some kind of like internet communist. It's like solidarity requires a certain amount of universality. It's yet another necessary fiction that I like to point out, which is like, even if people are inherently unequal, you have to pretend that you are on the same page as the people right. with the same interests as you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I always get a little, uh, what's it called? Itchy when people are like, I want this as a four day. Like when people are, you know, campaigning for, uh, you know, various holidays or a a four-day week i'm always like a four-day week for who all workers or just white collar tippy tap workers because i think what we're talking about is tippy tap workers and you know what you tippy tap workers want all the time is to go deal with service people who you will not allow a break exactly which is insane and you just are like well that's your job it's like well do i get my four four day week and it's like no because you have to be open all the time. Right. For us. It's like, well, fuck you. Like, and I do think that that is coming in a weird way. Like, there's oh, such totally. a, like, deep, deep-seated, like, uh, crankiness, we'll say, where people are like, what? Oh, you got a weird, like, freaky day off? I don't get weird freaky days off. I'm always open. The fuck? Yeah, I mean, anybody that works in the service economy, which is increasingly the only part of the economy that poor people have access to because there is no such thing as the productive economy in terms of manufacturing and stuff like this anymore. Right. Um, the more and more that this division is going to become clear. Like, you know, when your only option is to have literally a servant class and then an elite class and a tiny sliver of managers running roughshod over the pores right on behalf of the uh, on behalf of the rich like yeah what do you think's gonna happen i mean that and that divide's only gonna grow bigger and bigger and bigger as um more and more of the economy becomes a ponzi scheme the more and more the wealth is concentrated towards one end and not the other i mean you're just gonna see that grow and grow and grow right and like you know we've talked about it many times on the podcast but like that's what that's what the whole woke thing or identity politics has always been about the professional managerial class uh looking out for their own self-interest under the guise of politics that make them feel not guilty about taking wealth from other people right that's what it's about it assuages their guilt which is why it has this religious component and why they fight so fiercely for it well because the at the end of the day they're just like get me my jeans fag or but they but they won't say that they'll be like Oh my god, it's so you know, I'm so glad to have, you know, a stylish homosexual working with me. It's like, "Excuse me. What? I'm not your gay butler." Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and it's just like, "Oh, you have such flavor." It's like, "What?" Right. Did you just call that Latina spicy? They'll say You can't. Right. Like, the, what are we doing? They'll say very thinly veiled things that are incredibly racist or sexist or transphobic would never admit to it and then in the same breath will tell the pores who have to interact with all different demographic groups of people all day long that you can't say fag you can't say retard you can't talk to you to your black coworker in an impolitic way right like fuck you you know what i mean like yeah. you you can't simultaneously tell people you need to learn the right way to be racist like you can't go and to, then say yeah. i'm the least racist person in the room that's right. insane you can't like tell kitchen staff not to like make the most horrible jokes in the entire world no just to get by through a 12-hour shift of course i mean it's the same reason you know you're going to accuse me of being melodramatic but it's like the same reason that soldiers and like embedded journalists always have a really dark and charged sense of humor well it's because you're going through something together and it's about camaraderie yeah and it's not like this writer points out at one point in a different context that like 
you know, when we talk about free speech or whatever and wanting to protect that, it's not transgression for transgression's sake. It's because it is it is like a solidarity thing. Right. When you transgress boundaries with somebody that you trust, it means that you trust each other. It's right. how you demonstrate it. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't get it. And like, you know, maybe we were we kind of went on a jag there, but you well, you were sort of talking about how like this person is a little bit alarmist in their article. I wanted to yeah. hear your perspective on that. Cause well, because it, it, it just at the end it kind of re or throughout it it just reads as like, oh my god, I'm just realizing this now. Oh no, it's too late. It's too late. Oh no, it's already happening. And it's like, yeah, yeah, duh. Well, it, it's funny that this is occurring in a purple state context. Like, I think it's really important that it's probably they, they don't say their city, but it's probably, probably like happening Austin. in Austin, yeah. Texas right now. And I think a lot of like purple state liberals are coming to this re- realization ahead of other people because in blue cities, these self-same liberals just simply do not encounter red state type of people, except maybe in service roles where they're not respecting them and the those are people to them exactly and the people with alternative opinions are uh under siege because they're surrounded by blues so the reds don't really speak up and conversely in red states with tiny liberal bastions the those liberals don't experience this lesson either because in a very real sense to them they're under siege by the hordes of reds that they live around so in both of those environments this situation kind of never comes up but in a purple state where the split is pretty even for the and time being. And palpable, yeah. And palpable, it's going to occur to liberals that, hey, maybe this isn't working so well. And, you know, they'll start to think about it. And the reason that they're alarmist is that they're having this realization in 2022 where it's like, where have you been for the last 10 years? Wow. You know, anybody that was right on Tumblr, yeah. like around the time that we were in grad school, could see this coming. And if you made it as far as Donald Trump getting elected and didn't realize there was something going on, you're just an idiot, you know? Well, if it, if it was like, I didn't think this could ever happen, it's like, are you fucking kidding? Like, of course it could happen. Americans are dumb. We, this is what we do. We do stupid shit. Like, I don't know what to tell well, you. And it's like, I was shocked by Donald Trump's election, but not not because... Not because I thought liberals were right. I just didn't realize how wrong they were. Like, in a certain sense, it radicalized me in a in a different way than a lot of people were. Like, I wasn't horrified by the threat of fascism that Donald Trump represented. What I didn't realize is how far gone Democrats were. Well. Because it was a rejection of them. That's what it was at the end of the day. That's what all of these, these like, uh, sh- like, seemingly shocking events kind of are. When you're not talking about something like the war in Ukraine that's like, a much more insidious dark and global problem like when you're talking about like spontaneous political eruptions right usually they're a rejection of something they're not an endorsement of anything and mostly yeah you know in american politics especially it's any sort of changeover is like nope like we don't like that now and you're like okay you know, and so to follow up on that, like when this person's being really alarmist, like, oh, my God, we're going to lose free speech forever. Like, what have I been doing? I should have been standing up for myself all this time and right. I've let it go too far. It's like, hey, those of us that have been in the game for a few years realize like, no, nah, I think we're good, actually. And and articles like this, I was saying this to you last night, actually kind of give me a lot of hope, because if you if you have the liberals starting to turn and be like. What is e- happening? If, yeah. Even if we just think about this strategically for two seconds, we finally realize this is wrong. Also, yeah, this has just gone too far. We got to roll it back. Like, that's a good enough sign in and of itself because, you know, the woke mob was always a minority. They'll always be a minority and they'll just keep shrinking as they alienate more and more people, you know, and that's fine. Well, here's the thing. They're they're just going to get fired from their roles in, you know, C-suites because they were they were there to, you know, moderate things. So moderators will get pushed out and then just become consultants and they'll make more money and then just say whatever the company that hired them wants. Sure. And that's the dark and insidious part, right? Like maybe that's where this, I I don't know about this author, but like where my mind goes when you say something like that is like, maybe that's actually bad. Okay. So they're all working in the private sector and they're responsible for moderation, right? They get fired from the private sector by Elon Musk or whoever that's like, fuck this. Yeah. And then they end up being consultants for the government 
under the new like i wouldn't say government but like you know companies bring in speakers of like how to you know get along better well but wait a minute if the tide is starting to turn away from this type of thing companies are not going to spend money on these type of speakers anymore you know how many hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars they're losing to dei initiatives that they don't want to be doing yeah but But they're just trying to cover their own asses they won't have to if enough Mm -hmm. people say fuck this and they'll be glad not to do it anymore believe me private companies don't want this this is just, they are just losing money to grifters hand over fist, year over year. And if that wanes, they'll be happy to let it go. Who won't be happy to let it go is centralized authority. The government will not be happy to let this go because this is a great, no. this is a great tool of control. So yeah. what, what you have to hope is that these people don't have jobs in the private sector. But anymore. they know people who can also lobby to be like, well, exactly. make it so that way they get a tax break if they include DEI yep. or, yep. you know sexual harassment training which you you should have like just this good governance of like hi can we remind you not to be an asshole while you're getting paid just don't be an asshole that's really what they all are all of that is just like hey can you just not be a dick like that's true but i think it is worth making like critical distinctions between something like sexual harassment that has like really traumatic implications and things along like what you're allowed to talk about or say Sexual harassment doesn't tell you you're not allowed to say this or that. It says these types of jokes can be considered such and such a thing. And I guess people would say that about race relations, too. Um, I would just say that when you're talking about offense versus talking about something that is, like, uh, violent, right? whether it's a violent act of speech or a physically violent act, those are two different things. And somebody being offended is on them. That's never on the person offending them. Right. Because that's a sliding scale and you don't know. So I I really don't think that things like that can be mandated by anybody, whether it's your company or whether it's the government. Like, that's the whole idea behind the First Amendment is you don't draw those lines. You draw you draw it at fire, uh, fire in a crowded theater, imminent threat. Yeah. But the, the more and more you scale imminent threat back to like, I just feel like that wasn't right. You cannot make this an individual thing. No, it's not that. Which, you know, that that gets to the point where it's like, no, your bubble is not threatened. You just, you imagine, you know, you imagine the suit of iron around the world. You know, that's that's for you. That's just your little bubble to feel potentially threatened at all times. You know, and it becomes this kind of thing where it's like, for all the mocking of, like, the shrieking Karens of the world, of, like, you know, you know the guy who, like, got, like, called the cops on for the birder in Central Park? Yeah. Because that lady was like, you're here! Ah! It's like, hey, you're not so much, you're not that different from the lady that works at, like, McKinsey. No, not. Also, you all probably work at McKinsey, for fuck's sake. You know, like, it's just... Well, and if you have a problem with a person one-on-one because they offended you or whatever, you take them on one-on-one. You you know, it used to be that you confront them. You do not want to put... um. You do not want to put powerful administrations in charge of, like, you know, arbitrating minor disputes. That's just You want to avoid that as as much as possible. You also want to, like, you know, your culture can't be so fucked, you know, in the workplace that you're like, I'm going to throw a bunch of antagonistic personalities at each other and see what happens. Like, that means that somebody's doing a bad job. It's like, oh, yeah, they're all really good at their jobs, but they fucking hate each other. Like, that means that they're probably not that good at their jobs, quite frankly, because they, they don't know how to just be like, I'm being professional. We're not, right. I'm not getting into it with you. Exactly. It, y- yeah. Like, this is beneath me in my state to even do this. I'll maybe send you a curt email, but that's as far as it goes. Right. But it's back to the idea that these disputes should be between people, whether you act professionally or unprofessionally or whatever. Like, the idea that you would immediately go to a superior and tattle essentially in hopes of damaging somebody. Oh. It just leads to a vicious cycle of like tit for tat and the slippery slope of where the line is between what is actionable and what is simply offensive. Um that's a recipe for disaster. That's just escalating conflicts to more and more dire um results faster and faster. I mean you don't want you yeah. in, in other words you don't you don't want to be in a position where people's real lives can be affected where they're losing their job where they're right. losing their livelihood because somebody felt bad. Oh yeah. I mean 
Yeah. That's not like an equitable uh, exchange of force. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why all these, th- this writer in, in, of this article and why a lot of these people are panicking right now is like, holy shit, just because I have like a disagreement with someone, I could lose my job. And it's like, yeah, th- because yes. Yeah. That is how people want it to be. And the more and more concretized that gets in the form of the law, in the form of the government, like the worse off we are. Yeah. I mean, if the Ministry of, of Truth actually g- ever gets any real power, <sighs> yeah. people overuse Orwell, but it's like it's an incredibly dystopian world. You do not want to live that in that world. Well, here's the thing about theater kids. They can never get their shit together enough to actually like get you know solidarity with each other to actually organize anything. Let, I mean, think of ticket sales for regional theaters. You're begging people to come. Right. It's basically comedy, you know, open mic standards you can get your five minutes if you bring five friends and they better drink you know <laughs> right right so like it's not I, I, I they're not really good sellers you know they can do it really short term but they can't do it long term they don't have long-term planning abilities no they don't and i mean like th- this whole uh, disinformation advisory board or whatever it's been widely mocked for a reason the democrats have you know liberals in this country have really painted themselves into a corner where in order to get any votes at all from their minority base and I don't mean that in racial terms. I mean yeah, that in, in sheer numbers. Uh, I'm saying that for the listener because misinterpretation here. Um, well, what he said made me feel that he was singling out other things. Right. Listen, we just listen. This is an anti-nerd podcast for being as nerdy as we are. Like, li- no, nerd isn't the right word. What's the right word? No, I think it's nerd because you know, nerd doesn't mean you're um, doesn't even mean you're smart. Yeah, I get. I guess I don't know. Nerds, Maybe. nerd, nerd just used to mean you're just deeply uncool, right? You come across as lame because you have values that other people don't share. You know, it's the Winston Churchill quote of a fanatic is somebody that. Uh, uh, oh fuck! I'm forgetting the quote. I mean, it's damn, f- that was going to be really good, and I forgot it. Well. Um, I mean, you know, anything that a man, you know, a man who takes his martini by just by pouring cold gin in a glass and waving it at France for, you know, the essence of vermouth, he's probably right. I mean, right, wrong about some other things, but, you know, mostly right. Gotta say. Is that bad? A fanatic is one who can't change his mind and won't change the subject. Yeah, that's a nerd. That's a nerd. <sighs> so, yeah, I would say it's broadly anti-nerd. And the thing is... Liberals are the nerds, you know? Um, uh, Shane Gillis did an episode with Louis C.K. recently on his podcast. Really? Where they talked about early American history because they both, like, really l- love presidential history. So they walked through all the presidents one by one and just yeah, did, a little, telling, yeah. did a little show yeah. about it. Uh-huh. But one, one of their dichotomies that I think is just really true, broadly, of American history is that, in general, the liberals are the nerds. And, in general, the Republicans are cool. Are they? And you don't have to accept that. Andrew Jackson? He's not that cool. Andrew Jackson was the first Trump. You know what I mean? Cool Uh, does not mean good person. Cool does not mean you have to like them, but it means they have charisma. It means they have appeal, even if it's the appeal of a bully. You know, you can't. This is why I'll always come down for the nerd cool, like, dichotomy, is because that has nothing to do with, like, the morality of the position. This is a mistake that nerds make. Don't be a fucking nerd. Not everything is about morality. Well, Things can be funny and cool outside of endorsing them. Well, there's a big, big difference between ut and being cunt. So you can have uniqueness and talent, but where's the charisma? Right. Where's the nerve? Exactly. You might have some nerve to be like, I have a special position. And you're like, it's not that special. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and you're like, I merit my talent merits that I get. What it's the Tracy Flick problem. Yeah. Exactly. We're picking flick all over the place in, you know, the puppy play guy, the ministry of truth. Honestly, the Disney adults shut them down. Shut it down. I know they're not allowed. I mean, Disney won't exist in Florida anymore. So good luck. Well, and they're the same people that back the idea of meritocracy all the time when it's like they didn't really earn it. They're getting a lot of help from mom and dad. There's a lot of secret rich that is coming out all over the place. And I'm like. Is everyone secret rich but me? Right. What is happening? And the people that are just 
outward about being rich. Yeah, they're hedge fund managers that wear, you know, Patagonia. Patagonia, and you don't like them, but they're not worried about you. They're also kind of dumb as a box of rocks. They're harmless. But who cares? They're out there on a fucking yacht. They're driving a fucking port. They're just living their Wolf of Wall Street fantasy, and they don't even think about you. It's Don Draper in the elevator. I don't even think about you. Right. And yet the nerds are like, but you're a bad person, but this, but that. It's like, yeah, fuck you, retard. No one gives a (laughs) shit. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Like, like just who cares? You got to get over it. Like, the the constant moralizing about everything is not sustainable. It just isn't sustainable. We have to learn to live with each other, which means disagreeing with each other. And again, you can't solve problems if you can't talk about them. So you have to just be open and public about everything that you think and believe as much as is polite and professional in certain settings. And if you can't, like, regulate that, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I was having this conversation with somebody the other night where it was, like, alarming what I say on the podcast versus how I actually am in person. And I was like... Does that even, like, need explaining? I don't understand that. Like, I don't regulate myself as much on here as I might if I was, like, talking to someone I didn't really know. Also. Or if I was talking to my boss. Do we know what performing performing is? Right. For the public sphere? I mean, this is, I, I mean, you did yell at me the other day about, uh, perso- you know, my persona matching a little m- more closely to my actual uh lived experience and i was like no the whole idea of a persona is that you get to inhabit a version of yourself it doesn't have to be as it's as close to you as you want it to be and you can also have you can also have many personas of course and i'm not saying be split personality like i I don't have the energy to keep up that shit no neither of us are that and everybody that listens to this happens to know us so you know that but they also only know two aspects they don't know you at work that's right they don't know me at work that's right i'm a boss bitch motherfucker yeah that's right and if i'm shy and awkward until i have seven cocktails yeah it's because normally i'm just in control all the fucking time right and it's exhausting so well and it's like people people that are consistent in every situation i don't trust people like that oh because there's no truth at the end of that exactly there's no seed no no core if you have too strict an ideology, it means you're incurious. If you have too uh, unified a personality... Uh, Sociopath. It, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's a mask. That's not real. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know... And so, the, but, you know, back to the point, or back to the article, not that we need to keep talking about no, it. Whatever, it's yeah. just that th- this is a really great illustration of why you don't want to end up in a situation where uh, speech is restricted and identities are categorized and fixed. That's what we just no. described. I you mean, cannot have that. You can't have, again, clout with a K in early internet was an interesting idea. Um, but that can't be capital now. Or tradable capital. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, clout has always existed and always will exist. But right. you're right to say that it does not need to be concretized. You don't want to financialize the social sphere. We talked about this with Jared in really like literal terms in right. terms of charging money for your transactions, but also like surveilling and policing everybody's transactions for acceptability is another Oof. form of doing that. You're charging people a speech tax. Right. Every time you ask them to not say something that offends you. Wait, does that mean we have to pay people who listen to this because we're taking up their time? No, because they're choosing to. This I is guess. an open. You know, this is the uh, the the doctrine of uh, we are the dictators here. But you have free exit. You can stop listening in the middle of this episode. You can stop listening whenever you want. Please don't. At least keep the download. Yeah. You know, we have numbers to run, ads to crunch. Jk. Oh God, I wish we had ads. I want ads so bad. I want ads so bad. Can we too. do Harper. I'm telling you, we ads. should just start reading them and then just send bills to companies. They'll pay them. I know. I think uh, honestly. Uh, if if we deliberately targeted like the most disorganized like startups and oh, just please, started yeah. billing them, their departments don't. The left hand's not talking to the right. Never. Do They're, you think billing talks to marketing? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely Are you not. fucking kidding if we me? Just, if we just started invoicing Casper Mattress, I I'm like seventy five percent sure we do know someone who works there. But. We'd at least get some money at, at least once. I don't think it's much. It's two hundred dollars. <laughs> it doesn't matter though. The grift would get found out after a couple months when finally accounting and marketing had their quarterly meeting. And we're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And we're yeah. like, this line item doesn't make any sense, but hey, 
Are they going to come after us? Are they going to spend ten thousand dollars on a lawyer to recover their nine hundred bucks? I don't think so. No, the lawyers in house. And it's you free. just keep running this. You keep running this grift. Oh yeah. I think if we did it on MLMs, it, no harm, no foul. Oh yeah, absolutely. Robin Hooding. That's true. Literally. That's true. Hmm. All right. Is that the episode? I guess that What's was a, that was a sloppy jalopy of an episode, but I, I'm okay with it. I don't care. Um, it was a little rough shot. Yeah. But mm, it's Monday at like ten. What do you want from us? Yeah. Nine. Ten. Ten. Oops. Ten. Ooh. You get what you get. I you feel know? like we're gonna get in trouble, but whatever. No, no, we're not. What am I saying? Why? Who cares? Over what? Nothing. Yeah. No if one's you, prosecuting me. Also, like, what people are just. We can talk about it on the after show. If you want to hold us accountable, you have to give us money. Patreon.com slash Green and Lewis.